Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. And we're back. And so is Albie, the skipper. The skipper. Good to see you, Val. Good to see you, Johnny. Five Good to have you back. Freaking wood. I've had a fantastic time, boys, and I'm ready to talk football. I've missed it that much. Where were you? Yeah, you look oh, nice and tan, Dabby. Early Beach on a boat um, was fantastic. I heard it was a ship. <laughs> it was a big boat. Uh, but anyway, uh, charged, recharged the batteries and uh, ready to go. And you're, you're the skipper? I'm the skipper. For sure. And where did, Captain you, le- where, where, did you, where did you learn to be a skipper of a boat? Well, I did. I got my international licence uh, last year. And uh, the reason for that, we, we plan on doing a boat in uh, Greece when we can get there. You and uh, you need a, an international licence. So I've done the deeds and uh, ready to go. Do you need a deck hand if you go to Greece? Uh, I've got a deck hand and my wife, Maureen. So, um, <laughs> yeah. She's pretty good at what she does there. Drop the anchor and, and making the sandwiches and all that type of stuff. I shouldn't have said that, but never mind. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we've got a, a massive show. We speak firstly to the chief executive of Perth Glory, Tony Pinata, who is really the man, along with Tony Sage, the owner of Perth Glory, who has snared the A-League's biggest superstar since Alessandro Del Piero was netted by Sydney FC back in 2012. And guess who was at the helm of Sydney FC when uh, Del Piero was actually the man named for Sydney FC? The same man, Tony Pignata. Tony Pignata. Tony Pignata was too, yeah. Yeah. So Daniel Sturridge, a legend of the English Premier League, prolific goal scorer, had a a season in Turkey or two, um, is now playing A-League facing Adelaide United in his first A-League match in his debut in round one. Yeah, he'll put some bums on seats as well, guys. You know, former Liverpool legend, uh, fantastic player, still got a bit left in the tank to, I would say, maybe two or three years yep. for old Johnny, you know. Uh, but certainly two yeah. years. Yep. Um, and that's probably what he signed a two-year contract. But and, yeah. he's a good player. He's been out of the game for 18 months, but good to have him back. Still a big name. He's only 32 years old, so still younger than some of the players that other teams are signing. And uh, <laughs> And um, But it's good to have him in the league because last time we had a big name like him, which was Alessandro Del Piero, it forced two other clubs to get big names as well in uh, Shinji Ono and Emil Heskey that same season. So hopefully it's going to do the same to all the other clubs in the league and someone like Melbourne City. Look, it's profile and uh, he is a, a proven goal scorer, prolific. Yeah. Or bordering pr- prolific, um, and I think he is. You know, being at the age of thirty-two, he's still very, very capable of scoring. I would say a lot of goals due to the the standard of the A League in comparison to to England. Mm. After uh, we speak to Tony Pinata, because this is it's a massive get for the A League, and we needed it because I can't believe the season's kicking off. You know, towards the end of November, and and there's been such a massive void in in the hype and the lead up. In club land, maybe it's different. They're, they're yeah. boxed in. They can only see what's around their little circle. Me being out there now, and you know Albie, who's talking A-League right now? It seems to be a bit flat, and they've, they've, not, got the, um, they've not really got the excitement that we need nope. to, to, kick, to kick it off. But uh, let's hope they've got some marketing, you know, expertise uh, on, on, on board 
to to get it kicked off because yeah, it, it needs is, to go to a broader flat. audience. It has yeah. to go to a broader. I mean, yeah. it's it's well, for me, it's being a lot a, a little bit insular. Well, some, I mean, okay, if you love the game, you know about it, and even though I don't know some of the games that are being played with friendlies and FA Cup, but if you're outside it, mm. well, something I've seen that's uh, been a big improvement with Channel Ten on board is that they're doing a lot of interviews on. Things like the the project, the project, that, yeah. They had def- Daniel Sturridge on there the other night, yeah. which is excellent for the game. Yeah, and they've spoken to Sam Kerr. They've spoken to um, uh, Lecky as well. They've spoken to all these players, even LA United players as well. So they're promoting yeah. the game at least every once a fortnight, at least minimum. So. Just remember as well, lads, there is a, a you know a negative there with the COVID still flying about the yeah. place. You know, and Victoria and 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 obviously Sydney is is bad, but um, you know we're still in that period where. There's a lot of groundwork to be done uh, mm. in terms of COVID. So yeah. Now we've uh, we've also got Stavros or Stav Parisos from Adelaide Olympic and Olympic uh, going great guns in the FFA Cup. They are. They've um, uh, they beat Adelaide uh, United at Adelaide City rather uh, in the the Federation Cup. I, I think it's called Val. The final. And yep. I was at the, uh, in the final and I was at that game. Two very very good sides, coached by Paul Pesos and uh, George Constant. Dopolis, uh, respectively, and uh, really it was a fantastic game, um, and that allowed uh, Sydney, uh, sorry, Olympic to go up to the FFA Cup in in Perth, played Joondalup and smacked them three nil, and yep. now they've they've drawn Adelaide United uh, Val uh, <laughs> in the last sixteen. The problem is here that um, you know the timing of the game is such that. You know, they're going to have to keep their players training busy for four weeks, whereby yeah. Adelaide United are, ju- are just getting fit. Yep, exactly. So ideally, I will ask Stav the question that, um, you know, would he like the game to be played early? And I, I would suggest he would because uh, Adelaide United will be short on fitness. Just with Olympic, I watched Arba play, Falso Arba. Arba? Why is he not anywhere near the A-League as a striker? Mm. He's just, he seems to know where it is, knows how to hold the ball up. He actually brings players into play and he's a good finisher. What, what, what's the issue here? Well, I think the issue now, it's too late for him. But when he first came over, and I was involved at the Olympic at that time, um, it was, you know, glaringly obvious that uh, he was a good player. Uh, he knows what to hold, to, to hold the ball up. Um, as you say, Val, he's a, you know, a prolific goal scorer at this, at this level and he should have been given the chance. But unfortunately, I don't, I don't know what's happened. Maybe the visa, um, although that you would assume that, that that would have been covered off with Olympic. Yep. And if it's covered off with Olympic, it should be okay for the A-League to take him on as well. But and he's, he's, he's just missed the boat. And now I think he's too old, basically, to go to the A-League. That's oh, my I opinion. I don't think so, judging by the calibre of some <laughs> of the players in the A-League at the moment. And, you know, uh, well, the that's a valid point. Yeah, that's but some of the, but the, Val, those some of those players that are playing in the A League have played at a high level com- with, compared to him. He's still in the in the local leagues, so he hasn't yeah, really played at that professional level. I think yet. he's played at a high enough level in Italy. Well, look, I, I think it would be a, a you know a good signing for a, a guy to come into your squad. He yep. could be a squad player mm. that's that's got the capabilities in his locker room that to to to, to score goals. He could come off and play the twenty minutes of the, of Adelaide United are so are, mm. are struggling. And come off and, and be very, very capable of scoring a goal. Can Croatia find their first goal of the World Cup finals as early as the third minute here? That's what they're aiming for. It is through! 
They certainly can. It was magnificently struck by Dario Serna. What a start for Croatia. What a start for Zlatko Kremčar. And what a start for Dario Serna. Can Everton be clever here with a cross? It's not a bad-looking one. And uh, the shout for a penalty, and it's going to be given by referee Paul. Stepien Thomas, I don't think he's going to complain. It's a handball. Greg Moore, a defender, strikes the goal that brings the green in goal level. They will be roaring back in Melbourne, in Sydney, in Perth, in Canberra. It's 1-1 here. How about that? The Socceroos 2006 vintage uh, Albi 2-2 with Croatia got us through to the second round. Well, that was, uh, let's be honest about it, that's the best Australian team that, that, that yeah. they've ever had. And the old, well, I don't think they'll, they'll do that again. The NSL generation. I hope I'm wrong. NSL I miss those yeah. days. Oh, that but, was... you know, what a team that was. Cool, you know. Craig Moore taking the penalty. Yeah. Mark Viduka, John Aloisi. Yeah. Tony Vidmar didn't make it, unfortunately, because of a heart complaint. He should have been there. Yep. Kalats, Schwarzer. But when you look at the squad, you know, you're looking about 12 of them playing in the top leagues, yeah. at, de- at decent teams in the top leagues right across the, the globe. And uh, that's, that was some team. It's incredible. Now, the Socceroos have got two huge matches coming up. They're currently in Qatar, and uh, they're playing for the Qatar FIFA World Cup qualifiers. And they're f- tomorrow morning, they're facing Oman in Doha. And next week, face Japan at Saitama Stadium in Japan. Two big matches. Yep. Japan not off to a really good start. Australia's currently leading the group with six points from two matches. Eight matches remain. And uh, first and second get straight to Qatar. Third place goes into the cross-lotto playoff. So let's hope the Socceroos uh, earn another three points tomorrow morning. And the, the, the one that's played in 5am uh, in the morning on a Friday morning in Australian time, it's meant to be a home game for Australia do you, what's your thoughts on it being played at that time in, uh, in Qatar? Because it will throw off the plays a little bit. Yeah, but it's 9.30 in Qatar, and, and at this time of the year, they're coming off of summer, it's extremely hot still. Yep. And they could have played it maybe later, yep. 11 o'clock. But uh, it's unfortunate. As COVID, COVID's actually, you know, done the Socceroos no favours because of the restrictions, getting people into the country, quarantine, yeah. et cetera. The stadium, Val... Um, you know, I've been to Doha uh, and the stadium for the World Cup final. Uh, I've actually seen it and I've been there. How good is it? It's fantastic. Now, the, the question is, is the game getting played at the, that stadium? I'll have to double check. You keep talking, I'll double check that. But um, yeah, it, but, it, it, it is massive. Yeah, and, and look, speak to Arnie uh, off and on um, over the last few months. Um, you know, they, they're obviously based there now to, to avoid COVID uh, restrictions and... Or travel and you know, well, yeah, yeah. The um, uh, going into lockdown and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll they'll be accustomed to that, and it's a it's a good ploy for for the Arnie's done that because mm. you know the the they're playing in temperatures and um, you know it's a, a central point. 
so be it. You know, there's all there's a lot of players now, all right across the world. Yep. and uh, I think it's a good central position to have. Absolutely. And and you're only a league player as well. Brian Grant, he didn't even come to Australia after the last uh, few games. He went straight to Scotland and was training with uh, Martin Boyle's team as well in Scotland. Yeah, so, Hibs, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he was playing. He was a coach. He's been uh, training with them, so he didn't have to worry about coming back into uh, quarantine. Just to answer your question, Albie, it's the Lusail Iconic Stadium. I've been to that one as well. That's yep. that's um, the World Cup Stadium. They're not, they're not playing there. They're playing in another one, yep. Al-Khalif. In that stadium there, I was there in 2019 before COVID, 48 degrees outside. It was 11 o'clock. Yeah. It was 11 o'clock in the morning in June. What they did for me, because I did a tour, uh, this is when I was working for News Corp. So I went to... The two furthest point stadiums in in Doha. It took me twenty eight minutes to get to one to the other by metro, which is incredible. I think it's seventy odd kilometers. But in this stadium, forty eight degrees outside, they turned on the air conditioning for me. Right? Really? Yeah. I was with my wife Lisa. It went down to twenty three degrees from forty eight in about twelve minutes. Wow! Incredible. It was just incredible. Just, it was just just incredible. But, um, yeah, so an important match for the soccer is in the Nations League semi-final this morning, Spain have broken Italy's record. That was a world record. 37 games unbeaten. The Euro Easy. Euro champions were beaten 2-1. Bonucci sent off in, uh, in San Siro. And tomorrow they've got the other semi-final. Belgium take on France. So a massive match. Was but, that straight red? No, it was two soft yellow cards. Two soft, yeah, yeah okay. And I thought the referee won the game. It was, but but the game itself, watching Spain and Italy, my gosh, the football is just unbelievable. Mm. It just really is. They're, they're, they're two of the best sides in the world at the moment. And for me, Federico Chiesa, the Juventus player, for, at the moment, he'd have to be in the top five players, the best in the world. Yep. Absolutely. World brilliant. Cup next year, do you reckon Italy can win it? It's, it's still... Maybe a little bit too early. You've got to yep. see uh, how many players will be fit. They've got players coming back. They had a few missing, but Spain are going to be up there. And Spain debuted a uh, 17-year-old today mm-hmm. as well. Garvey, another yeah. one. They, they, and they're just a production line of unbelievable Another players. thing about the World Cup as well is how are the European teams going to go over there in that warm weather? Not used to a training. I know the stadiums are air-conditioned, like you just mentioned, but yeah. training during the day and stuff, you're not going to always have yeah, the Yeah, but around November, December, the temperature, the maximum is about 28. Yep. 27, 28, and, and it gets to 15. They'll be training at night for sure. Modern-day sports science and that, Johnny, that, that, that takes care of that. If you're, they're yep. playing at high altitude or, or you know, in temperatures, that you know, they're well catered for these days. It's a very, very professional game, football. Mm. And now... Yeah. Um, We've got a really hot topic. This is, over the last couple of days, I don't know if you've been up with the news, Albie, after you're on the boat. <laughs> Lisa Away from society. come out with allegations. Um, Matilda's legend, being bullied, sexually harassed by players, former teammates, and this is when she was really young. It's got a lot of traction. Now other players are coming out. Matilda, former Matilda Renee Iziriev has come out as well with fresh complaints. They've named people in this. Elisa, Alessia Canavis is another one. Raleigh Dobson also raised concerns about the dysfunction of the sport. It's come at a time where we're hosting the World Women's World Cup in 2023 and there's been a lot of people named allegedly in these things, including coaches, Mark Jones, who 
used to coach Adelaide United's NPL team, was Newcastle Jets uh, head coach of the A-League. And I, I, I don't think we're going to see the end of it. You, I think you're going to see more and more ex-Matildas come out and, and maybe name and shame what happened. And, and this culture, which seems to be toxic. To- and this was mentioned in the uh, news.com.au website as well. The, the article came out, was it yesterday, I think it was? Yeah, it was uh, over the last couple of days. So so news news broke it, but other outlets are following it up. And, um, I mean, obviously we can't we, – we don't want to defame anybody because we're actually giving fact out what we've been told. But as a coach and, – and things have changed and, and – I mean, you've, you've been at the top level, Albie, in football. You played pro football in Scotland. You would have come through as a kid. Yep. And you see players now and, and you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure when you recently ended up coaching, but you see you see the difference in mentality even in the workplace now, say, compared to, say, 1980, compared to 2021. How, how do you see it, you know, well, player and coach, because you've done both? Yeah, look, I, I think um, the culture – uh, of the environments that, that, that people coach in these days are very, very different from when I was playing. And, you know, the coaches I was playing were, were really uh, mercenary in their uh, approach. They were very difficult to deal with. They were hard. You know, I could mention, you know, Alan McLeod that, that, that I was under, David Hay, uh, Archie Knox, who was an absolute animal of a, but a very good coach. And Alex Ferguson He's comes your mate in. now too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and Alex Ferguson that... Um, you know, that we all know he was a strong character as well. But look, in this day and age, you know, from a from a, a playing perspective, you know, it, it's different. You know, from a coaching perspective, you've got to be very, um, you know, on top of your approach, how you're going to be coaching, mm. especially if you're a male coaching a female team. Um You've got to be, you've got to use different methodologies that are acceptable in this today's environment. And it's, and it's difficult because, uh, you could be actually damaging to uh, you know ladies players um, and not know that you've you've been dam- damaging you know but I think that goes, and what in the way that you, you the, the way talk you talk to them, to them the way that you react or yep um, and some of the, the comments I've had against me through the crowds as well um, shouting things and you know about your family and all yeah, that type of stuff it's, it's been it still happens out it there. still I, does I hear happen. it I hear yeah. it at the grounds here. Mm. But it is a problem, Val, and it needs to be nipped in the bud. And, you know, how you address it is, you know, it's very, very important how the, the, the head people of ladies football sit down, address it, and have really, really good strict, uh, uh, you know, lines to, to follow and appoint the, the, the proper people that, um, that's got the scores on the board. And, and, you know, it's not just a case that, you know, pick a coach that's got good scores on the board. There's a lot comes into it, character, you know, what's his resume, what's her resume, uh, do, is it a good fit, you know, for, for that particular team, is it a good fit for ladies football? That's all got to be looked at. You also have to applaud these players for actually coming out because mm. the scrutiny is going to be turned around back on them and Lisa Devane yep. coming out first. And she sort of hinted about this through cryptic tweets over the last couple of years and obviously now it's it's... Starting to snowball. And the other thing is, it is imperative that, um, you know, the federation um, or the authority does get involved because the game's very popular now. The World Cup's just nearly upon us. Yep. Uh, we don't want any, 
you know, bad publicity over ladies football it needs to be stopped and because the game is becoming massive you know the, the Liverpools and the Chelsea's and the Man Cities and this world they've got ladies teams fully yep. pro as we all know so they've got to get their act together absolutely and it's as we see it's not just in Australia as well it looks like it's actually growing a lot more people are speaking out across across the globe I've seen a few over in, over in Europe as well so it's it's actually opened up a, a thing for people to come out now and talk about what's happening and I hope it gets fixed because we don't want this in any in any sports or any any workplace at all. So um, hopefully that Football Australia they're going to be um, doing an, I think an independent review on it and hopefully can fix. Well, it's through the integrity yeah. unit. But again, looking at the the coaching methodology, just to go into it a little bit further, you know the um, it, it's imperative that, that um, it could be it could be deemed as being sexual harassment in the workplace or whatever it may be. So the guidelines have got to be very very clear mm. for coaches going in to take a role. Coaching the ladies' team. Mm. That's my. But my... it could it could be ladies coaching ladies, and and exactly. And and, and from what I read from Lisa Devana, she, in my opinion, is implying she's been harassed by ladies. She did say in her tweet though, it, it hasn't. It's not um, narrowed down to just one type of person. It's every. She goes. Yeah, yeah, she but, sees but it but everywhere. I mean, it's not only. It's not only yeah. guys and and. But well, regardless it's, if it's a ladies' coach, ladies' team, yeah. um, male coach, ladies' team, it's irrelevant. The, the guidelines have got to be the same. Yep. Be a human being. Mm. Good human being. Exactly. Keep yourself right. Coach your team properly. Make sure the players are all over the, the guidelines. And if somebody steps out of line, well, they face the consequences. Absolutely. We need this to be nipped in the bud as soon as possible. Just uh, for a change of tact, Alby. So I saw this come out earlier in the week, and this will give you an idea about some of the sponsorship going around in the global game. Now, Juventus of Italy wear Adidas. What they wear on their strip is worth $175 million. <laughs> so Adidas is a major sponsor, $81.4 million. Jeep. Their major front of shirt, sixty-seven million. Cy Games, sixteen million, and Brigette, which I think is a betting company, sixteen million. How would you go these days uh, compared to an NPL team? <laughs> would you get Jeez. a couple of hundred bucks front of shirt over here? Well, it's, it's, it's a long way from there, but I'm just saying that the money's absurd. But obviously, the the companies are pumping it in because. And the again, just, just to, I, I think I read an article a couple of weeks ago how big Ronaldo is when he was playing for Juventus that he actually couldn't wear the three stripes and his strip was actually two stripes. Get out. Yep. Well, I've got to have a look at his film. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... I'm no, serious. Oh, no. That's man. how big Ronaldo is. That's almost as, um, as bad as the, as bad as the Neymar, the Neymar contract. <laughs> Almost oh, when you have to par. be the good boy contract. Yeah, the good boy contract. <laughs> so if, he, if Neymar, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, if he doesn't criticise the club, um, uh, signs autographs for fans, doesn't... He doesn't. Does, no, if, if he does all this sort of stuff, he gets another half a million euro. A on top of his contract. On but, top right. of his contract. But that's you think you'll club, do it? That's his club <laughs> avoiding the fair play rules, surely. Coutinho, Sturridge goes for the return. Glorious from the Brazilian and an excellent finish from the Englishman. Gerard's 
Well, joining us now, all the way from uh, Perth, the chief executive of Perth Glory, Tony Pinata. Now, Tony's got the Midas touch here, Albie, because he has just signed the A-League's biggest superstar, Daniel Sturridge, a superstar of the English Premier League. Prolific goal scorer, by the way. Almost a decade after he was signing the biggest superstar we've ever had. And that was at Sydney FC when he was the CEO at Sydney FC. That was Alessandro Del Piero. So, Tony, what now, is it about you attracting big players to the A-League? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I just think timing is everything. Um, you know, with Alessandro, he was ready to to do something new and bring a legacy, you know, his legacy to the A-League. And, and the same shell was put to, to Sturridge as well, to Daniel, to come here and and play in, the, in our top league. Yes, it's not the Bundesliga, it's the A-League, uh, so the, it's the A-League, but still, it's it's a top league and live, I think it's good football. So the lifestyle suited him. Um, you know, he, he's got a you know, good friend in Brad Jones who he spoke, I think, oh, he, cool. he would have he ranked Brad Jones about 10 times. He spoke to Robbie Fowler because Robbie was here and, and played in the A-League and, and they were very complimentary of the league and, and the club and all that helps, you know, and, and Terry McFlynn was a big part of the, uh, I suppose, the negotiations. He, he hounded his agent, who's uh, his uncle, um, and things aligned, and here we are. We've uh, signed Daniel Sturridge. Tony, uh, I remember many, many years ago when Del Piero was in the country, A-League clubs absolutely loved it. And I recall back in Adelaide, Hindmarsh Stadium, I don't think he came the first time around, but uh, he came after that. The airport was flooded with fans, firstly, and then the stadium close to a sellout. And and I'm guessing, I'm not guessing, almost, I'll put my money on it, that every stadium Sturridge is going to go to, he's going to put bums on seats. It comes at a really good time now in the A-League as well. So are you going to get any benefits from that with Perth Glory, apart from good marketing, but any any kickback for, for bringing out such a superstar? Uh, that's my next email this morning to uh, APL <laughs> because, uh, yeah, we just said a lot of settle and um, wanted to get them their uh, sponsorship deal. But, look, the old uh, – well, when we were with FFA for Alessandro, they gave us marketing dollars. Fox Sports cool. gave us some dollars. Uh, not a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it was maybe, you know, 300 grand all up. But it did help, you know, do some marketing because you're right, we put bums on seats. And I remember – you know, Del Piero had not come in Adelaide. I think it was around New Year's Eve time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and we knew that he wasn't uh, going to be fit. But I remember the next time the airport was just chaos. And when mm. we went to Brisbane, you know, 22,000 there, Melbourne, um, Perth was just out of control. Um, and, and Sturridge will be the same. And, and because of our border issue, we're going to play Adelaide United at home. Yeah. And then we're away for five games. Wow. So, you know, we've got to go play three games in Melbourne, then go to Brisbane, then back to Adelaide. So we're not going to have that benefit of generating any dollars uh, until uh, until Mr McGowan opens our borders. Mm, yeah. So we need, you know, some help and, and really to market because, you know, he's going to be uh, widely, um, you know, I suppose uh, appreciated uh, over East before we get a chance here. Well, surely he's going to be the face of the A-League. 
He has to be. I mean, Paramount's the new broadcaster with with Channel Ten, and obviously, uh, brand new, you know, f- uh, sponsor for the league as well. I Suzu Ute. He, he's got to be the biggest name to push out the brand of the rest of the world. What's he got? Three million people on Instagram that follow him too. Mm. Yeah, he's got three and a half on Insta, wow. three some three million on Facebook, and a couple of million on Twitter. So, I mean, his Insta went berserk when uh, he announced his uh, his move here, and it's it's made you know world news as as Del Piero. So he's he's a true marquee of what you know Mr. Lou Stick has always been saying about yeah. trying to bring to the A League. And yes, we've had. Ono, and we've had Heskey, um, you know, Dwight York might have been up there as well. Yeah. De Villa came and went. He didn't really, you know, it's just sort of like four games. But Romario, I think he, he played some games over there and scored a goal off his shoulder. Um, yeah, he was like the, so, the wrong side of 40. Yeah, so he's coming at a good good age and, you know, if he's fit, um, and we've got to get him into the country and, and get him to do quarantine. I, I don't think I've told him about the two weeks quarantine yet. <laughs> Just break it to him <laughs> gently. When, and you, when he lands. <laughs> yeah. You know the good thing as well, Tony, and I've, I've, I've had a gripe about this for, for many, many times on, on this podcast as well. A lot of the players coming into the country, the, the visa players, are not suited to their markets. And you have Perth. It's got a massive British market and obviously he's a superstar of the English Premier League. Del Piero, Italians right around the country and you're going to get people that go and follow him. What irks me, you get, and this is without any disrespect, some foreign players have got no, um, how can I say, no Marketing. branding at all in Australia yeah. and they're, they're brought into a market and they don't put one extra bum on a seat until fans actually trust what they're all about. And that irks me. And I think you've done a great, great thing here by bringing storage for the market in Perth especially. No, look, I agree, Dom. Look, I've seen two of the Val. best players. <laughs> oh, Val, sorry. What the, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's all right. Here you go. Uh, oh, mate, that's a bad Freudian sleep. Um, I've, Val, uh, I've seen two of the best players in the A-League ever up close and personal. Yeah. One I signed at Sydney FC in Milos Ninkovic. Yeah. And, and the other one here, Diego Castro. And for, for me, what they could do on the pitch has been amazing. But did they bring bums on seats? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. People love watching them, yeah. but not to the extent of these sort of marquees that what they'll do. And it's really up to, um, you know, the, the league and, and all clubs then to make sure that it's a success and, and we build on this. Absolutely. Well, Tony, thanks for your time. And uh, the first... Or hopefully he, he does the quarantine, makes his debut against Adelaide United because that audience is going to be massive, especially the TV broadcast. Yeah, and we're trying to get it live on Channel 10 as well, which will be wow. fantastic. No, um, that, that has it, to happen. Because it's a Saturday night for us and, you know, even though it's 10 o'clock, 9.30 uh, over in uh, Adelaide, um, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be great. So no. fingers crossed we can uh, deliver. And thanks, Val. Keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Tony Pinata from uh, Perth Glory, the chief executive, with a great signing, Daniel Sturridge. Samosas. That wide Chittadini flag stays down, fires it across the face of the goal mouth. Erba is there holding things up again. Trying to go past Lowry, lifts it up and he lifts it in from the tightest of angles. Erba is able to find just the smallest of gaps. Onto the post.
and into the back of the net. And they are celebrating Adelaide Olympic. Yeah, lads, we need to speak about the uh, the uh, National Premier League as well. Looking at the teams uh, participating in that, you've got um, you know Campbelltown doing well, uh, Comets uh, winning the Premiership. But the team that uh, is on the right up the top, just out in my opinion, would be Olympic. Um, I watched them against Adelaide City in the Federation Cup. What a good game that was! They beat um, they beat City to to get the right to play in the. FA Cup um, against Joondalup last week and they absolutely hammered Joondalup 3-0 we welcome Staff Parisos the chairman of the Olympic Club he's been the the family's been involved there Parisos family's been involved for a long long time they've waited for success and they are now getting some silverware across the the board there so we welcome Staff how are you Staff? I'm very good good morning to everyone morning mate now now, Staff um I've got to ask it. It must be you must be really proud. And you come through. You beat Adelaide City in the cup to to win the SA version. Then then belting uh, Jean de Loup in WA. Now you're going to be the first club in the FA Cup in South Australia anyway to face Adelaide United in the next match. But that might be what three or four weeks away. So you're looking forward to that? Absolutely, absolutely. There's a there's a bit of irony on there because. Uh, Attached to that because, uh, you know, on the on the Wednesday morning that we're flying out to play against Jundalup, uh, I checked my emails at the airport and I got an email from Adelaide United asking if we'd like to play a trial game against them. Um, I thought, well, this would be interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, so I replied, I sent it over to, to our coaches and they said, uh, yeah, tell them no because we're going to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a good chance we may face them. So yeah, nah, we we declined that. We declined that, and uh, yeah, well, we're playing Adelaide United, which is awesome. So so, is there a date penciled in just yet? Look, there's a. It's either going to be on the uh, weekend of the 16th, 17th, or the 30th um, of October. So oh, okay. um, at, at the okay. moment, from what we're hearing, and we're working hard to try to play it uh, earlier rather than later. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of reasons there for us to do that. Yeah. I guess the problem, Stav, is, um, you know, you guys are, are super fit just now, just coming off the end of the season. Um, if that's four weeks away, how do you keep the, the guys and, in, in, you know, fit? Mm-hmm. And more importantly, or just as importantly, uh, you're going to be playing against uh, Adelaide United, who are just on the, on the way to get fit. So the longer it, you're not playing, the better it favours Adelaide United. Uh, so, to, for me, I think the game should be played sort of mid-month as opposed to the end of the month. Absolutely, that's uh, that's our, our logic as well. That uh, that's why we're pushing for the uh, earlier game. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, this, they're in their pre-season. Uh, they're wanting to play games uh, for, for match fitness reasons or whatever. They don't really have too many choice. They can't play against other A-League clubs, obviously. Yeah because of restrictions. Um, they're obviously reaching out to MPL clubs, as they did to us. Uh, you know, yeah, we're fit. Our squad's mostly healthy. We've got a few injuries that, that have been long-term, so they're not they're not actually on our on our list for the FFA Cup game. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're ready to take them on, and, you know, we're not... With all due respect to them, to Adelaide United, we're not here to do them favours. We're yeah. here to look after our own squad and, and uh, achieve the best outcome for us. Of course, coaching uh, uh, staff, you've got uh, George Constantopoulos, a good friend of mine, former yep. fellow player and whatnot. He's doing magnificent stuff there. But um, I seen he wasn't there um, in Perth. You had Johnny Stamatopoulos uh, in the dugout there, uh, yep. driving the players. What, what was the reason yep. for that? 
Well, George is actually, you know, he's, been, he's uh, suspended actually at the moment. So um, he's, he's gotten a 12-game suspension. And he, he actually he actually hasn't coached the last uh, six games actually for us, including throughout the MPL there. Right. And the FA Cup game, six games. And uh, this one will be the seventh game. But, you know, tactically, you know, he's... he's Running the sessions for the boys during training and uh, and steps back on game days and and Yanni's more you know proven to be more than capable of doing the job with his assistant pal. Absolutely. Just with regards to this game against Adelaide United, so it would be your home game, yeah? It's our home game. Okay, so would you be playing at Velo or Angle Park? And then uh, does the gate go? How does it work? I mean, it's there's got to be some financial reward for the club. Well, yeah, that's how it's been for, you know, previous participants, Campbelltown, uh, Adelaide City previously, um, and the same thing with us in 2019, not forgetting that we're back-to-back winners of the Cup, and, you know, two appearances in the FA Cup in a row. It's a big, mm. big thing. Mm. So yeah. what it is, yeah, it's a home ground advantage. Yeah, we get the, obviously, the, the ticket sales, uh, catering, drinks. Uh, yeah, there is a financial reward for the club. Uh, in saying that, though, it is it is extremely expensive to participate um, and gets more expensive as you go along and you play yeah. against an A-League club, there's different requirements even to the point of security. I got told yesterday that we need, you know, 14 security guards at the venue. That, that, that ain't come true. Well, you got, you've got to pay for that, do you? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. gee. As the hosting team, um, you know, amenities such as extra extra toilets, which are, as I found out yesterday, ring around and no one seems to have any port available. <laughs> Stav you, Stav, you must be proud, though, just to come off on the back of what Val says. You know, you, it's a family uh, situation there. Um, Theo, your father's been involved for a long time. There's a lot of stuff coming to fruition now for for Olympic. And uh, what is it? What does the future hold for Olympic? Is it, have you got um, aspirations to playing in the the national second division that's uh, on the agenda just now? Uh, Albie, we've. Um Look, it's not it's not by accident the club has, has grown and, and achieved stuff. You know, we've we've taken a very business minded approach to the club over the years, uh, where we've built the club up slowly, steadily, built up a solid foundation, had a plan in place, very similar to a business plan, where we've had a framework that we work in, and you know we make adjustments yearly. Um, it's not based just on our first team. Uh, we, we take a very careful calculated approach on our senior football, our junior football and our facilities. Yeah. Um, you know, many years ago, uh, we took a, a, a calculated step in uh, being the major tenant of the uh, Vale Football Centre, the parks, and we entered into an agreement with the Federation then, uh, which has been fantastic. It's helped us grow as a club. And we're taking over that facility next year in April in its entirety, which again helps our club grow. Uh, when I say grow... Not necessarily in numbers. Yes, numbers will grow because we, you know, we've got girls' football now, yeah. which is really, really taken off. Uh, but it, you know, we, like I said, we've taken a very calculated approach where we focus steadily, slowly, grown and stabilised the club. Um, you know, you, you, you've been around the club previously. Um, people have watched the club from the outside. There was a lot of speculation many years ago about you know where the club was headed. Uh, you know, a number of players. Uh, came back to help the club. Matt Palazzari, Paul Pezos, George Sonas, myself, a number of players came back many years ago. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, and there was a time where we only had one and a half junior teams and seven senior players. And I mean, back then, mm. under 19s reserves and first team come out to train. Well, you've come on in so. leaps and bounds, uh, staff, for sure. Um, I was going to ask you the question about Fausto Erba. Um, yep. Obviously, you were instrumental in bringing him out here to uh, Adelaide. Uh, he's played for yep. Olympic for a long time now. And. Um, yep. He's done extremely well. We're just all bemused. We had a chat earlier on in the program about um, Fausto not being given a chance at the higher level at yep. uh, the A League. Was that ever on the agenda, uh, Stav? No. Right. No, and that's the that's you know that's a sad part, I believe, of uh, scouting, uh, mate. It's bad it's, scouting. It's, well, you know, he's, he's an absolute first, superstar. His first season for us, uh, he actually, uh, if you remember, a uh, player that played at Adelaide City, uh, Claudio Pelosi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Claudio actually sent him out to Australia um, and for Adelaide, for Adelaide City, uh, who were in, you know, in the first division back then, quite successful under Damien Murray. He came out, trolled with them for two weeks. Uh, he played in their reserves, scored, and uh, was told, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not going to sign you. So... Not knowing anyone else, he actually went out to Eastern United um, because of uh, Claudio's relationship with Diego Pellegrini. Yeah. And uh, and then I got the phone call from Diego and he said, look, I've got a player here he's, you could do with. You know, he's really, he's a top-notch player. And he came out to one training session there and the coaches said, mate, sign him. I remember during training, the coaches <laughs> said, sign him quick. So, yeah. uh, and that season there, he scored over 30, I think, Gee. cup and league, uh, about 35 goals in his first season at 29 years old. Now, that's where he should have been given his opportunity. Yeah. Uh, we were just touching on it, the staff, that uh, he's probably over the, the age now to be given the chance, but it is disappointing yeah. that one's been missed. You know, to bring uh, Fausto into a squad of 22 players or whatever and maybe have the facility to bring him off the bench of the last 20 minutes. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a prolific goal scorer. I, I just I, I just don't get it. Oh, I, I don't get it either. I mean, you know, uh, back in the old NSL, Albie, there was, uh, you know, the, the NSL was flush with uh, with local players and we only need to look at uh, players like Agostino who came out of Salisbury, you know, even Carl Viet that came from Wyala, I believe. You know, if there, yep. there, are, there are players here in South Australia that are more than capable or, sorry, I should say, that should be given the opportunity. a greater opportunity. Now, yep. Faustal's situation is unique because, yes, he's a, a, he's a, he's a foreigner. Yep. However, let's not kid ourselves. There's been enough foreigners come through A-League clubs and, yeah, we can focus on Adelaide United because they're our pinnacle club here in South Australia. There's yep. been enough foreigners come through Adelaide United even that have just been flops. Yep. So There's been what many. You, what, are you, what are you risking by giving an opportunity to a player that is already here it costs yeah. you nothing. It, it costs does. you nothing. Well, Stav, we've got to go. Well, in closing off, uh, we wish you very, all the best uh, against Adelaide United. I think it's a massive opportunity for Olympic to catch Adelaide United at the right time due to the fitness levels and all that type of stuff. And we wish you all the very best indeed. Thank you very much. Six games, six wins. Napoli will seek to preserve their 100% record as they travel to Fiorentina in Syria. The host lie fifth with 12 points on the board, but Fiorentina have just one win in their last 12 Serie A matches at home against Napoli. Well, he's tangled, so the penalty's been awarded. That is the danger, that is the pace of Victor Ossiman. Steps up, and it's saved on the rebound. It's barred in by Lozano. Equalising goal for Napoli. 
Irving Lozano reacted quickest, reacted sharpest, and it's Fiorentina one, Napoli one. We've got to share the love around, Johnny. Uh, Napoli yep. out of the top five leagues, seven from seven. Of course, they're on a break at the moment because of the uh, the Nations League, the Euro Nations League, the international window as well, and the Socceroos, obviously, tomorrow morning face Oman. Yep, Let's big game. Graham Arnold can get them over the line, and then Japan on Tuesday. But it's been another massive show, and um, just want to say let's hope that this – issue in the game at the moment yep. is dealt with swiftly, professionally, and these players are being really, really brave. And, and, and it's going to hog the headlines for a long time, I think. Absolutely. Great show, Val. We'll see you next week.